0: Hey, HBs. Melody here. I'm popping into your feed with a special treat. In case you missed it, book three of Kate Pryor's Claws and Cubicles series is out now. Her previous book, The Orc from the Office, made a big splash in the cult, and now she's released The Gargoyle from General Management. Here's where we get to the good part. Just to give you a taste... I'm going to narrate an excerpt for you that's set at a corporate mixer. How come I haven't seen you at these before, I ask, and realize I've reached the end of my third drink. I stir the ice around noisily until the cherry at the bottom is pushed to the top of the pile, and I can pluck it out and pop it in my mouth. When did I order something with a cherry in it? I smile and feel the alcohol hitting my brain as my lips close around the cherry stem and my teeth separate it from the fruit. I would have noticed you. Oh, fuck. That comes off as too flirty, especially with the way I can't stop eyeing him. I clear my throat and try to regain some air of seriousness. <clears throat> I mean, I've never met a gargoyle outside of the Peak District before. Foot, mouth, someone please help me. This is why I shouldn't drink with my co-workers. He nods understandingly. He probably knows his presence is a little unusual. The Peaks can be pretty cutthroat. I only worked there a century or so before I had to get out. I believe him. Hostile takeover is an understatement for some of the acquisitions I've seen. I nod empathetically. It's also just generally inaccessible, especially for non-flyers. Exactly. If you don't fit into the very rigid work culture, you are ground into dust. It wasn't the way I wanted to live, he says, and it's a refreshing opinion to hear. I thought I'd never hear the end of how I wasn't climbing the corporate descent into hell from all my ex-coworkers. I nearly tell him that, except my attention snags on the way he undoes the buttons on his cuffs, and, of course... Mr. Immaculate wears little gold and amber cufflinks to a casual hotel bar, paired with a thick-chained watch and class ring. I chew on my lower lip in an attempt not to be charmed by that. It fails because he begins rolling up the sleeves of his button-down shirt. When he sits back comfortably... The shirt strains across his chest, recapturing my undivided attention. I'm weak. Oh, this is torture. This is my first one. I'm part of the company's new growth hires, he tells me, picking up his drink. About two fingers worth of dark gold liquor. But I've been at companies that partnered with Evil Inc. previously, before I decided to look for a broader managing position. No, don't tell me about it like you're about to hand me your business card, I moan before I can stop myself. It might be better if he did pass me his business card so that I can remember I'm supposed to be networking or whatever and not crawling into his lap so I can get two fingers of something else in me. He doesn't crack a full smile, but I'm starting to recognize the hint of amusement the shadows carve into his face. I'm here to get to know people. Right now, my priority is to make sure everyone on my team feels recognized for the effort they make. I'm trying to come up with something better than these, he says with a chuckle, and shifting in his seat, he reaches into his vest pocket and shows me a sticker sheet full of little gold stars. Oh, that's adorable, I laugh. Forget whatever I was saying about retaining and appreciating long-term employees. Gold stickers are where it's at. He raises an eyebrow, but it looks like he's glad it amused me. Not patronizing? I don't know if you fully grasp how primal the need for a little shiny sticker runs. I wiggle my eyebrows, perhaps a little too drunkenly. Decorum is gone. I want a sticker, and I don't know how far I might be willing to go for one right now. Thankfully, I stop short of elaborating on that. Well, I usually try to include a note about the reason I want to recognize their work. I didn't think my last team cared about them at first, but they all started displaying their stickers where I could see them. He pauses a moment before sizing me up, taking a sip of his drink as he does. If I were the boss, I'd give you a sticker for your retention proposal. It's a good idea, And clearly, you've done the work to back it up. That wasn't what I expected to hear, honestly. My entire body heats up, and it isn't the alcohol. My insides are as gooey as molten chocolate. I don't know if I wish he were my boss or something else. It's hard to keep my thoughts from being horny about coworkers when I can feel my nipples harden at the thought of being awarded a sticker. I zone out a moment, wondering where he would put a gold star on me. Maybe somewhere sweet, like my cheek or my collar or my hip. No the last thing I want is to get invested in the sort of guy who is only emotionally available for stock market shares and financial portfolios. Or maybe it's like the third thing I want. After a raise and one of those really big chocolate sculptures, I'm definitely not sober enough to put numbers on my priorities. I stand with half a thought to step outside and fan myself off, and my heel snags on the damn barstool rung. Before I face plant, though, a clawed, tri-fingered hand catches me. His grip is stronger than mine, and it probably takes less than half of the effort to bring me to my feet and hold me steady. It's a little too quick being lifted from the ground and I tilt bodily into his chest, my free hand thankfully catching me before I break my nose on his sternum. My fingers curl inelegantly around the seam of his breast pocket like it's a handle. Easy there, the gargoyle murmurs, too low to be anything but inviting, his tail flicking behind him. The rest of him is always so put together so calm and collected in his perfectly pressed suits, but his tail gives off just a hint of his thoughts. I think I could watch it all day. He raises an eyebrow, the ridge that's where eyebrows normally are, but are stony scales on him. He leans in close, and I inhale a little too sharply. The scent of him clouds my mind. I want to smooth my hands against his lapels, to feel the broadness of his shoulders. I want to so badly, I close my eyes and just let myself do it. I'm not going to think about any of the reasons I shouldn't. Releasing my grip on his shirt and leaving a crater of wrinkles behind, my hand curls around his tie. I don't have enough boldness to reach for his horns, though I imagine that would be better leverage. I can taste the scent of surprise on his breath at first, quickly overwhelmed by want, need, touch, crave. Feelings so primal they're easy to forget, but their subtle scent overpowers here. His mouth is firm not so soft and giving as other kisses I've had. My first instinct is to catch his lip between my teeth and drag them over it, sucking hard and then grazing my tongue over his teeth, the sharp and blunt edges a tease for what they might feel like across my skin. His big hands span across my back, holding me gingerly, I feel the way he leans down to something more manageable for my height. But I'm not here for a manageable kiss. I reach up, the way I might normally grab a fistful of hair from the back of his head and find one of his horns to hold on to. His head pulls back just enough, opening his mouth more for mine. I pull myself closer, wrapping a leg around... Either his hips or further up, I'm not totally sure. Somewhere in his middle. He must not have been ready for me to launch myself at him, but his hands slide down to cup my ass, hoisting me off the ground. He keeps kissing me. Every too careful touch of his still pulling me further in. The notes of his emotions mix like a good cup of coffee, invoking floral, earthy, nutty scents that last only long enough to conjure half a memory. Rainy days, foggy breaths against the window pane, falling asleep in the middle of fresh laundry. A nostalgia for the home that exists only in memories. A nest. His teeth are sharp against my lips, his tongue sweeping over each brief nip, a salve of warmth for every piercing sensation. I pull back for a breath, glancing around the bar. It's mostly emptied by now, and I don't see any co-workers, at least none I recognize. My feet find the ground again with some uncertainty. I'm not sure if anyone saw us, but... Worry still cools my libido a few degrees. I look him up and down, really obviously, like I wasn't just kissing him for the past minute or so. I blink a little too slowly at him as I decide, hmm, maybe I do like him. I'm genuinely considering inviting him back up to my hotel room for the night, and I think the same thought is crossing his mind. I can feel the way arousal moves through my body, pushing the need to stretch, to straighten, to appeal to him. I don't hold back against the feeling, allowing my bones and muscles and skin to stretch into what feels right. Then the bedroom look in his eyes falters. You're not what you seem. A needle of panic pricks the back of my neck. What do you mean? He tilts his head, and I watch his nostrils flare as he takes a deep inhale and levels a curious look at me. Not entirely human. Look. She's a secret mythical creature. He's a gargoyle. It's a workplace situation. There's forced proximity. There's praise kink in the form of gold star stickers. I don't think it can get much better. (laughs) So if you liked this excerpt, go pick up the gargoyle from General Management. And don't sleep on her backlist either. The orc from the office is actually on sale for 99 cents right now for the ebook. that is a good idea too. Links are in the show notes for this episode. See you Monday.